The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The opinions expressed in the Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet-purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast, courtesy of the Realm Network, here at the Rough House, where black people and white people watch wrestling. And Hispanic people, too. And all people. Hey guys, hello, welcome to another edition of the Rough House Podcast. I, I'm not bold enough to call it the 4.0, but with you as always, the wonderful <laughs> Justin, the wonderful Christoph, and me, shit, the third host who is just trying to make you like me a little bit more. Hi, Marty Day with you. Hey Marty, hey Chris, hey guys. our lives Hi. are a shit stack. I am going <laughs> to send you... A little something, and I want okay. you guys to check it out. It is in. Okay. It should okay. be in your inbox now, <laughs> Marty. One of the things that we wanted you to work on, we initially brought you onto the program, was that we mm-hmm. wanted you to really step up your miserable in your life. You sound like you had a great <laughs> relationship. You sound like you got along with your your family pretty well. And one of the big things that uh, Christoph and I will bitch about is money. It is home. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to put my money where my mouth is today. And I want you to take a look. There's a drip in my ceiling from a new skylight. Oh, no. Christoph knows about the skylight from your, where there was a skylight drip that turned into a whole damn near basement and stairwell remodel. Another skylight. I have four of them in my living room. Uh, began to drip the other day, very small. I, I held a pot of water underneath of it for a day, and it barely even filled two millimeters of water. Very, very small. Right. I could have put a coffee mug under it. And I got an estimate today, and it's in both of your Gmails or your inboxes. And Chris, Chris, do me the honor of cracking that some bitch open and and reading the estimate. On, I, uh, I have not received the. How email. about you, Marty? Did you get a? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm opening the PDF right now. Written proposal always a good sign. Hell yeah! And let's Why see. Don't you read uh, that number off to me. I believe it is the second page down. Just read the credit debit finance portion for the total work that needs to be done. Well, that be twenty three thousand four hundred and forty dollars. Yes, it is twenty three thousand motherfucking dollars that it's going to oh take to God. fix this goddamn fortress of shit that I purchased. Uh, <laughs> oh by the way, God. I'm already about fifty k into this fucking dump, and now uh, uh. I have to. 
See, Marty, this home that I bought was owned yes. by a group of retarded ferrets, and they all yes. thought that they were handymen uh, or handy ferrets. And my home is an original structure. It's a it's a split level home, a split level house. If you're not familiar, if you've ever said to yourself, "I want to make a decision every time I walk in the front goddamn door, upstairs or downstairs." Because a split level is one of those shit boxes you move into in some scumfuck neighborhood where you have to go upstairs or you have to go downstairs. You don't just get to walk in the front door with your groceries. <laughs> You're getting cardio. So it's one of those, these, these fucking diarrhea smoothies that in the back of the upstairs, there was an addition. And this addition is a big grand room. And this grand room has cathedral ceilings and it's got skylights and all that. And the guy that used to own this fucking abortion clinic decided to go ahead and just build everything himself with him and his three polio riddled bastard inbred children and not know what they were doing and built it mostly with Ikea toolkits and YouTube tutorials. Well, I thought that the grand room when it was added to this place was so large and so grandiose that he would have had to have had a contractor do it. It looked beautiful. Well, this drip happened, and I had somebody get up in my roof today. He looks inside of it, and I, his first words are, what the fuck? Second words are, oh, shit. Third words, you might want to see this. And that's when I look in, and my grand room and the existing house aren't attached, meaning shingles and a wood floor are essentially the only things holding this fucking cum swamp of a home that I'm in <laughs> together. No trusses, no brackets, no two by fours, no foundation. I bought, hey, I'll look on the bright side of life. I bought two homes because <laughs> there's essentially one home just built right up next to another home and they covered oh. it in shingles. And if I want to attach these two homes, I have to go ahead and pay this company $23,000 to do it. So, so it's more like a twenty-three grand room. How y'all okay. doing? This is number oh, seven. Oh, good lord! <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, good mm. lord! See, Justin, this is the type of story I want to hear. We we bought a house uh, at the end of August. Yeah, first home, and uh, oh, good god! You know, yeah. I used to live one mile from my job. I did. I, I lived one mile. Chris, who Dope was in charge apartment. of... Thank you very much. Chris was there a couple of times, and he used to see me do something you don't see a lot these days, and that's smile. Chris was in charge <laughs> of commercial production and things at the station. He would occasionally uh-huh. text me, hey, did someone forget to do their Jones Junction commercial? I'm like, ugh, stupid me. I am drunk, but I'm going to drive back to the station <laughs> because, like I said, I'm one mile away. These days, if I forgot exactly. to do something, I have to book a fucking Southwest flight to go ahead and cross three <laughs> counties to make my way all the way back to my work, friends, professional endeavors, all the way from Cape State, fuck my ass, in this goddamn neighborhood that I lived in. Uh, if I miss something, forget to do something, forget to fill out a form, forget to do a commercial, it's a goddamn five-day journey across desert sands to get there. And not only once I'm here, <laughs> the place is falling apart. Now, that's not what I wanted to focus on in this episode of the Rough House 4.0. Oh. I wanted sure. to focus on Finn Balor's dick this week. Who here <laughs> got to pay special attention to the newly reformed Balor Club, which I'd love to discuss, on uh-huh. this past Monday Night's Raw, Big Whim. Does anybody here still have Monday Night Raw DVR'd or saved on their system? Uh, it's on Hulu. 
Yeah. You have it on Hulu. That'd be the How about way you, Mark? Look at it. Hulu would be the way I check it out as well. All right, and I encourage you, the Rough House listener, go back and watch this Monday Night Raw from the eighth on the USA Network via Hulu. Finn Balor has had some shit-eating grin for going on two weeks now because he's happy <laughs> that his boys are back. Carl Anderson, uh-huh. Luke Gallows, the Good Brothers, with quite possibly the shittiest shirt in the WWE with the nerd of me. Oh, the nerd one. Yeah, it's it's really, bad. really bad. But Finn might be more excited about this reunion than we initially thought. Because I'm going to need your <laughs> eyes to float south towards his midsection. And if I'm lying, I'm dying. I'll make the next wow. fucking five Patreons free. Finn Balor has an erection that is millimeters away from popping that bell end out the top of his tights. That thing is <laughs> engorged. He has a boner for the ages. Well, you know, Justin, one of the first tasks given to me upon joining the show was mm-hmm. finding a brand new logo for the Rough House. If we find it, you know, high HD quality, let's make it happen. I, I think this is the oh. way to go, at least on Twitter. Because yes. God knows that's just a cavalcade of dicks. So I bet I his dick has Balor's Boner Club. Yeah, so there are four <laughs> members of the Balor Club. You've got Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Finn Balor, and Finn Balor's dick. It is a four-man group right now. And that is a future intercontinental champion. It's the little demon. Oh, my God. It's always painted up. He has this little painted pecker at all times. He's got a little uh, tiny raver headgear for it. It does. Whenever he takes his pants off, there's like a flash of red in the room. Don't, don't. Don't, don't. But he's still in standard Balor mode. Like, I'm sorry. It has to do with this every time. He probably took a uh, Michonne from the Walking Dead figure and chopped the hair off and used that as the dreads on his little, on the little demon. That'd just drape the fucking thing in Twizzlers, man. You can't tell. It's going to look just like his big, dumb robo dreads, and it'll be twice as delicious because Michonne looks like she smells bad. So yeah, I can't yeah. encourage you dreads enough. Dreads stinky hair. Pay attention to Finn Balor's dick from this past week's Raw because... Lord knows that's one well, raw I, I won't do. be deleting anytime soon. <laughs> well, <laughs> for that reason uh, alone is a good enough reason to keep it. Um, but l- l- let's talk about this this club reunion here. Um, they've kind of been working. Uh, Bow has been working a wee bit heelish. Uh, more so than he has been uh, in his entirety of his WWE run here. So I'm curious uh, where it's leading. Uh, I'm happy to see them together because they're certainly enjoying it, um, which is good. I mean, when when you see the uh, you know the guys having a good time, it makes you want to have a good time too. So yeah. even if they're being shit eating heels, um, I'm I'm into it. Uh, Marty, what do you think? Is, have you seen shades of heel with this new group? Obviously, the Good Brothers have been Finn has been floating in limbo. Are you starting to see shades of a heel turn? I mean, I would love to see that because, frankly, I'd love to see them do something, anything with Balor. Since he came back from the shoulder injury, uh, they've really not had a a lot for him. Yeah, they did the whole never-ending feud with him and Bray, but that didn't help anybody. Then he and AJ had that awesome match, and... Besides that, it's been pretty much nothing. So if they want to turn him heel, they want to make the Ballard Club really a thing, that'd be great. Maybe it'll make up for the, let's be honest, completely aborted S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion. 
that is not working for anybody because mm-hmm. everyone's getting hurt or being replaced yeah. by Jason Jordan for some reason. Uh, yeah, or Kurt Angle. Uh, I, or Triple I, H. Or Triple H, very true. Uh, I'd love to see it. I mean, the guy does have the, the inclinations of being a very, very good heel. Saw it in New Japan when he started the Bullet Club. Uh, yeah. But in the same regard, you know, people really, really like him. And I don't know if they'll be able to completely ever turn him heel. Maybe tweener for sure, but people love the guy. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, my concern with this is the same concern that I have with them adopting another organization's property. And we're seeing that right now on Raw with Woken Matt Hardy and the Balor Club, which is essentially the Bullet Club and Broken Matt Hardy. We're getting very travel-sized, dehydrated astronaut ice cream versions of these things that we loved. We know we'll mm-hmm. get into we'll get into woke in a second. I want to walk down that path yet, but Balor Club. What are their motivations? Their motivations are: I used to run with these guys. Who knows? Ten percent of the crowd, maybe. Okay, here's some photos. I mean, really, how many people really know about the history of the Bullet Club and why he formed the Bullet Club and how special it is for Gaijin over in Japan to really run roughshod in a company and in a country that's known for having a foundation built on respect and honor and Bushido code and these Bullet Club guys spitting in the face of that. Balor's out there with a boner and a grin from ear to ear. He's so happy to be back with his buddies. (laughs) I am very glad that it's happened, but I'm going to need to see sooner rather than later, much like with Woke and Matt Hardy. I'm going to need to know why. I'm going to need to know outside of we didn't have anything for these guys and we didn't have anything for you. Let's smash you together. What are we doing? Because they got themselves a hell of a win on Monday Night Raw. But there's really no reason like I was getting fucked over and you guys were getting fucked over and we have a common goal in mind to get back together. It's just kind of cool there together. But why? It's a problem that WWE suffers from now with why are the Bludgeon Brothers? Why is the Balor Club? Why is Matt Woken now? It's just things with no reason. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. And, you know, to, to take it to the other show, not to jump around too much, I am really confused about what they're doing with Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Like, Sami and Owens are the heels, but Let's Shane's save that, acting like that's a, a heel. Whole yeah. That's a whole thread. Yeah, that's a whole thread. That's true. What, did you, what, do you, what do you think about this? Because you yeah. seem to be uh, chill with it. I, I, I think maybe... You're overthinking a little bit. Why does there have to be a why? It's like, hell, hell, hey, these guys are hanging out now and they're coming out together and, 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 and they're having a good time and they're winning matches. So this is cool. Why not? I mean, you know, you maybe you're just overthinking a little bit. Just just take it as if we are talking about professional wrestling. So, you know, I don't need a fully fleshed out. Oh, you know, back in back in 2003, when I was over uh, over in the <laughs> land of the rising sun, I saw these tall fellas and struck up a conversation. And here we are today. Like, I, but imagine I if that. Stone Cold just decided to beat up Vince McMahon, even though Vince McMahon tried to make him fly right and be the champion. He was there was a reason DX was a reason because of Bret Hart and the issues that they had mm-hmm, of the former mm-hmm. Bret Hart, uh, you know, almost Hulk Hogan-esque, drink your milk, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, good guy, versus this new bad guy who was sick of being, you know, uh, spit upon and looked as lower class than Bret that Sean was. NWO, Hall and Nash were an invading party 
firing shots. All of those huge things had reasons. The WWE right now is reasonless. Why the Riot Club? Why Absolution? Why? There is, they're very rudderless when it comes to plot right now. I would get if a few groups got together because they didn't have anything going on. But name me a group right now that is together for a reason. There's not. Oh, I insane. can't. There's no, but if, if you didn't know their history, they don't do a great job of describing it. That might be it. I mean, your main angles right now involving, you know, even the Shield got back together because of the Miztourage? I mean, yeah, they had, it, Shield, it, Shield was originally formed to defend CM Punk against the the slights of management there is there's there's overthinking it but there has to be some thinking and it seems like there's no thinking when it comes to any of their plot lines right now there's no reason for balor club there's no reason for the bludgeon brothers there's no reason for woken matt hardy woken matt is sitting behind a gray screen that you and i would take our fucking middle school photos in front of and doing (laughs) fuck all with it why what made you woken why are you sitting in front of that screen? Why are you playing chess with a fucking fish? There's no reason. They gave a reason in TNA when Jeff broke his leg and cost them the title again and Matt had to go ahead and carry on the legacy and then lose the titles and it finally broke him because of his brother's shortcomings and fuck-ups. Matt just is woken now. There's no reason. There has to be some. It's a storyline-driven business. Fuck, man. Look at your favorite thing, Chris. Lucha... All it is is reasons. It's dripping <laughs> with plot and reason. Yeah, All it is yeah. is layer on layer on layer of of espionage and background story and who's undercover and who's a member of a secret society. The WWE is completely absent of it. I yeah, will but s- I'm so used to that, that with the WWE that I kind of just like, well, this is a thing now. Let's just roll with it. Like, I, I, I don't expect full exposition for every every single storyline, sometimes um, guys just want to fight, or guys just want to hang out together, and there it is. You know, I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm underthinking it. I I will say though, especially with three hours of Monday Night Raw to do every week, one thirty second backstage promo where even if Balor just says it's Rumble season, I'm going into the ring with you know twenty nine other guys. I want to know to have my back. So I'm going to go to the guys who I've known for years. Like, it puts over the rumble. It explains why they're a trio again. And it was a sentence. But we aren't really getting that. It's just sort of, hey, guys, this thing you like and this thing you liked are now combined again. And they didn't even name themselves. The goddamn announcers named them the Balor Club. It screams of, and and trust me, I'm glad they're together. But the Balor Club... Hasn't said the Balor Club until the announcers said it. It just came shirt. across. It just came across as so like, all right, well, this is a thing these guys are now going to do. Like the to, to Marty's point about like, yeah, the Rumble's coming up, and you know what? Now's the time to form some alliances right now. That we all team up, and then at the very end, it might be us three, and we'll figure that out when we get there. That's a classic wrestling trope, but it's a plot. It works. Or. You know, you had me. You could even scream, by God, you had us in a fucking Halloween mask match where I'm putting mm-hmm. pumpkins on my head. And you had this guy who was a former Universal Champion that you now have fighting this guy that looks like he's going to be playing side stage at Bonnaroo in the fucking Drifter. <laughs> we're all, we're forgotten. We're pushed aside. We're nothing. I was an IWGB Champion. This guy was a junior 
over in Japan and we're just being fucking spit on. At least, at least come across as bitter and we're all getting together like, um, like social outcasts. When the social outcasts were together. Even that had a reason that they were together. There's no reason. And I, I kind of need some reason, especially when the club that they're pretending to be, the Bullet Club, had a full fucking history behind it. And mo- Broken Woken Matt Hardy had a full reason behind the two things you're emulating the biggest thing you're forgetting about them is their plots and their history and yes with a three hour show you got some fucking time to fill so fill that shit with some story well they're obviously lazy you know they're just it just seems like the creative staff is lazy and they don't pay attention to what's worked in the past like like you said with with uh broken mad the storyline was there, and it was proved successful, and sure, not the majority of your WWE um, viewers probably didn't know everything about it, so why not just run it back? Same thing can be said with Bailey and her completely botched entire main roster run, how, you know, she came up as already... Um, achievement unlocked super powered bailey whereas that's not why we loved her we loved her because she was the lovable loser for so long this this fangirl who got to live out her dream and we became emotionally invested with her through her losses and then once she turned it around and starting uh started to be successful then it really caught on and that's why bailey worked but they didn't they didn't do any of the work again um so that's why i'm saying i'm not expecting them to really put a lot of effort into telling the stories for whatever reason, they just don't want to do it. They want to take the shortcuts and say, well, here it is. And, and, uh, and, and, and just fucking take it. So I've, I've just bent over, spread my ass cheeks out and started taking it. <laughs> mm. All right. Spread them. Yeah. It's a shame. Cause I, I think to, I, I think to the times of the MW, it's funny. I decided to rewatch some of the Monday night roar tonight on uh, the network. And I'll tell you why I was watching in a second. Uh, and the NWO, and that whole time of versus Sting and then versus WCW as a whole was 95% story. The matches mm-hmm. were absolute trash. I mean, Hogan and Sting right. was trash. The Outsiders versus whoever was C-plus at best. I mean, you watch that for some of the cruiserweights, Chris Jericho's, Dean Malenko's, your luchadors and stuff like that. But the stuff that mm-hmm. sold it, Hogan, Savage, Scott, Scott Hall, Ric Flair's old ass, whoever the fucking uh, group of the four horsemen that they had, the matches were fucking sludge. But the storyline was so goddamn riveting that you're like, all right, I got to see what's going to happen here. And I would just, I would like to, like you said, this, the, Chris, with the, with the storyline for Matt, it was given to them again by the fates with Jeff yep. getting injured. Jeff got injured a second yep. time right around the time, the same way he did in TNA when it cost Matt his, his uh, tight championship title. I mean, a lot of people forget we made fun of relentlessly. Marty, you'll probably listen. We yes. fucked with the origins of broken Matt Hardy relentlessly. Oh, so oh it, it, it was, was trash. It, not very good at all, but they were allowed to to explore what they wanted to do with it. They were left to their own devices. They were able to make some ridiculous things at the Hardy compound, and, and we ate it up. That does make me wonder, though, considering so much of WWE television is produced at the live events, you know, when they go do a Raw taping, when they go do a SmackDown taping, when they go do a, a, a live pay-per-view or what have you, do you think that maybe what is taking away the uniqueness of this woken version of Matt? He, you know, they're not sending a camera crew to the Hardy compound, and I doubt that Matt wants to, on his, you know, relatively few days off, record, 
you know, all this new shit. So they just got to figure out what they can do backstage unless they want to switch around his schedule, which, again, I doubt WWE wants to do. It, it It's a weird dichotomy of trying to keep what what was birthed because of the unique way TNA was run. Namely, there was no one really running the ship <laughs> yeah. and there weren't house shows and all these other considerations. And Matt have. was given carte blanche to essentially do whatever the fuck he wanted when the initial vignettes were so successful. Chris, yeah. you and I talked about this. What would this version look like with the WWE's assets? And so far, yeah. those assets have been a fucking a drop cloth. Yeah, yeah. A, a green screen and a, there wasn't even a smoke machine. You didn't even get any uh, practical effects. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's nothing. It's low rent as shit. Um, we got a goldfish, know, though, so there's that. Yeah, okay, a $2 goldfish <laughs> yeah. and a $3 uh, jar from the local pet mm-hmm. store. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Christoph just died. Apologies. Um, yeah, so, uh, oh, wow, sorry. that one. Broken Chris like a lot. Yeah, I saw stars on that one. That was a deep one. Yikes. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Broken Matt, WWE version. Their efforts, yeah, they, their assets. I mean, Matt is doing everything he can. He's trying uh, with mm-hmm. the, you know, and it, it seems it, the crazy thing is the resources of WWE are so much more than what they had with TNA. Like, just give Matt a drone. Just let him dig up Vanguard one or give him Vanguard two or what. I don't give a shit. Just let him do something crazy out in the out in the back of the arena or like in the empty arena before the show starts. Just re- record something um, to make it. Um, Low rent and lovable. I love low rent and lovable. Be, make it a like B story. Like the fashion files. I mean, do yes. what you're just, yeah. yes. whoever's working on the fashion files. Be like, okay, guys, let's have this come to an end. Let's put Breezango out there as a legitimate tag team again. Have them wrestle. Their health almost has to be 100%. They've been spending so much time behind the scenes playing grab ass <laughs> yeah. with the Ascension. They yeah. haven't wrestled a full fucking match. Oh, However, and house shows here and there, but I mean, by God, they've, they've got to be fresh as daisies. Let's go ahead and take that energy and put that on the Woken shit now. Yeah. Also, if I'm Matt, I'm taking it into my own hands again and recording something by myself with Rebby, with, you know, Senor Benjamin, and just presenting it to the WWE. And they can be like, this is great. Fuck no. All right. Well, whatever. Or they can be like, all right, let's give it a shot. Fuck it. Let's roll it out there and let's do what we do. It could be no worse than New Day versus Wyatt weird swamp <laughs> compound. Let, yeah, let, let the guy do what he did that made that entire gimmick such a big deal and their return to the WWE such a big deal and see what happens. I mean, you're not going to lose anything. He's not wrestling outside of 205 house show headliners, which is a fucking head scratcher. That they're yeah, having they him and Bray wrestle. And, so they, they threw them on there. Yeah, exactly. They needed to have on 205 house shows two raw superstars that have yet to really tangle. They're having them at the live events, I guess, to stretch out for whatever eventual pay-per-view, maybe Royal Rumble clash they're going to have. But let them go out there and do some shit. Let them get, yes, like you said, dig up Vanguard. Uh, have have, have the, the, the fucking boat, whatever its goddamn name was. Um, the Skarsgård. Skarsgård, yeah. yes. Have Peter Skarsgård carry out Skarsgård to the <laughs> ring. Senor Benjamin in a fucking luchador mask. Something. Get it back to where it was. Because your WWE version of it right now is so homogenized and so boring that I'm beginning, I'm about, a couple, I'm about two or three weeks away from caring about Woken Matt Hardy as much as I was 
Team Extreme Nostalgia return. Matt and Jeff, the Hardy Boys, are back. Because you're not doing anything. You're, you're spinning your wheels. I need, I need some progression there. Yeah, now, did anybody think... here, by the way, watch the new Corey Graves? Reason I was watching, by the way, the Monday Night Wars. Anybody watch Straight to the Source with Enzo Amore? I cannot. No, I haven't that watched I have. that one yet. He is the greatest heel in the company. <laughs> <laughs> He's so watch. easy to hate, dude. He's such you don't a even know. You don't even know the nuclear level of cocksuckery he brings to the table. And this Corey Graves, straight to the source, 15-minute interview, the fucking Apple alone. The yeah. Apple could be his Ralphus. The Apple could be his Vicky Guerrero. The Apple could be his Al Snow's head. You want to take this fucking Apple and shove it down his goddamn throat <laughs> to where his larynx just explodes. Watch it. I'm hoping people in WWE watch it. Get him the fuck off of 205 and make him a legitimate reviled piece of shit heel. Because he ain't cool heel. He's not NWO heel. He's not, oh my God, Kevin Owens, you're so funny heel. He is, fuck this guy. I want to watch him get beat into ash heel. He talks some unrelenting, excuse me, relentless shit, unrelenting shit against Big Cass. And you hear Big Cass's hospital bed response. And if it's a shoot, excuse me, if it's kayfabe, they're fucking De Niro and Pacino. <laughs> they're goddamn Daniel Day-Lewis. It seems like in real life, Big Cass and Enzo Amore fucking hate each other. And I don't know if they're faking it or not. Because if it's a goddamn work, well, it's amazing. Well, that's, that's the thing about being so close to somebody for so long. Like, you know, Justin, you and I had the rally in the alley match a couple mm-hmm. years ago against each other. If if you're, <clears throat> if you're so close to somebody, that's when you can really get under their skin and really throw get some heat and really annoy the other guy because you know more about them than everybody else does. So, you know, if whatever reason, you know, you and I uh, had another fight. We could go at each other pretty fucking hard. We, we uh, know each other's buttons. We know each right. other's hot button. We know exactly. what strings to pull, what what fucking knives to twist. And right. after watching this interview, I'm telling you, I am salivating at the thought of Big Cass getting healthy, coming back, and turning him into goddamn gazpacho in the middle of that ring. <laughs> because he says you some shit sauce. to him. Dude, wait do you hear how it fucking ends. When Enzo gets up and essentially verbally throws up a double middle finger at Corey Graves, and Corey Graves looks beat red, pissed in the face. Wow. It's yes. so goddamn good. I hate him so much. I hate him so much that he actually follows the show account on JSS 98 Rock, and I Does direct he? messaged him and was like, that shit was incredible. I don't know if it's a shoot, I don't know if it's a work, but Enzo Amori, the character, I fucking hate him more than any character I've hated in years after this 15-minute wow. interview. I can't stress it enough. Watch it and, 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 and mm, taste the fucking level of fuck this guy. We probably haven't felt in wrestling since Hulk Hogan's initial turn and before that, Iraqi sympathizer Sergeant Slaughter when Holy he shit. had to be like fucking That's... carried to armored vehicles because people yeah. were like, oh, I'm going to kill Sergeant death Slaughter. death on his family. This shit is... He's a motherfucker. He is a stone cold I, motherfucker. 
I saw a clip. It was uh, Graves flat out asked him if he got kicked off the tour bus in Europe. I saw mm-hmm. that clip of him responding to that with the apple, and he's just such a motherfucker. You're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward hitch- to seeing the rest of it. That was the big one. The other one was <sighs> the issue with Cass about Cass not being yeah. able to finish the match when he hurt his knee. And the third one that they end on that he throws a gut punch at Corey Graves at the end of it about Corey Graves having a concussion and having to become a commentator. And Corey Graves essentially being a fucking pussy because Enzo got knocked out and got a concussion and he was at work the next day. Corey Graves gets a concussion and he has to change his career. And he he brings up fucking Corey Graves' kid, what kind of father he is. It gets gets shitty. It gets so shitty. And again, if if they went and cut... And they all started laughing yeah, and they threw their out. arms yeah. around each other. Mwah, so good. I don't know. And that's what's great. Yeah. I don't know. I don't fucking know it all. And now you've got a story for when Big Cass comes back, you better play his comments on fucking loop. They got Big Cass dropping F bombs, dropping S bombs, having to blur his whole fucking face when he talks about Enzo. And he's like hooked wow. up to a bunch of machines in the hospital to where he's not like backstage with mean gene getting ready to cut a promo before he joins his survivor series team no he's in a hospital no accent no new york nothing i mean like yeah uh fuck him he's one of the biggest pieces of shit i've ever met uh he's a he's a dirt bag of a human he's a dirt bag of a man and uh karma's a motherfucker and when i get back i'm i'm, I'm gonna disfigure you probably backstage i'm gonna cut your fucking break lines Type of shit. Oh God! God oh. damn! This oh. is this is the type of shit that needs to be on Raw, on SmackDown. How the fuck is that not TV? on Raw? My yeah. exact thought. If you have three oh. hours to fill, put that shit on Raw. Put nuggets of it on Raw. Put it on there, and you've exactly. got a whole like, ooh, this is so fucking yeah. good. Big cast is coming back in a couple of months. Set it up. Re-air that shit because I I hate him now. He's got some demon lurking in the fucking shadows waiting to return for him. Talk right. all the shit you want against Gulak. Talk all the shit you want against Grand Metalik and Gallagher and everyone else on 205. But you got a seven foot tall fucking nightmare waiting for you that the, you, can, you can hear the clock ticking. Get your shit talking in. Get your bullshit in. Get your cheating victories in because the reckoning is coming. And if they air this on Raw, you got a fucking money feud. A money feud. Gotta watch it. Can't stress. It's one of the best things on a network right now. So good. I will All load right. it up as soon yeah. as we. Besides wrap this Balor's up. dick. Of course, <laughs> of course. Not sure if that's been uploaded to the network yet. I did watch <laughs> on the network the uh, the photo shoot um, little quick hits. Have you seen those? With There's Cesaro one with Miz and, and Miz? one with I Cesaro. saw still shots. No, how are they? <clears throat> it's pretty entertaining because what they do is they just sit the guy down and then sh- show. Uh, still photos and then they kind of describe the moment and what was happening and stuff like that there's some pretty embarrassing photos of Cesaro early in his career talks about coming up with um, Oksana talks about mm-hmm. winning the Andre the Giant mm-hmm. uh, Memorial Battle Royal the Miz one he goes he talks about the talking smack uh, bit on Brian and stuff like that they're you know if you like the behind the scenes uh, sort of things like I do um, they're pretty interesting and really what's interesting is that the Cesaro one was I think the number three or number four most watched thing on the network this past week according wow. to, uh, to uncle dave Meltzer. wow uh, thanks okay. Marty. um so yeah so that that's that is good for him for sure very yeah, they're, good they're interesting it's a kind of interesting concept so I, I like shit like that they're worth checking out too yeah, like i love it i like minutes. that sort of stuff i i'm i'm into that and you know what it's interesting we brought up last week 
it's so funny, you know, getting back to the the Enzo and and uh, Corey Graves discussion. One of my one of my wishes last week was that they would take network content and mm-hmm. make it part of the main product to further storylines. And I'm not saying I'm fucking prophetic, but they kind of stumbled backwards into something like that. Take that, put it on the main show, and you got yourself a plot. Yeah, I, I would. I would love something like got that. That would be fantastic. Um, Marty, you were bringing up earlier, and something I did want to talk about before yes. we moved on. Uh, anything Smackdown, else. Smackdown. Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon, Zayn. Owens and and AJ and that whole big weird uh, orgy of, yeah. of abuses uh, of power and 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 and, and candy cat matches and all this. What's what what's the end game here? What's who's who's aligned with who? What's happening? Uh, it, it's incredibly bewildering. I mean, if you you look at just what's booked on paper, uh, they plan on doing at Royal Rumble AJ Styles defending the title against. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and they're talking that they're going to be co-champions uh, right. uh, of SmackDown. But you have Shane McMahon, who I guess is supposed to be the face guy running SmackDown, doing heelish things to Owens and Zayn. Owens and Zayn are kind of aligned with Daniel Bryan, who is beloved by the crowd. Like... I'm not sure who's supposed to be good or bad in this, and it's not in that great way where you go, okay, everyone's a shade of gray, anything can happen at any time. I'm just confused, and frankly, the longer it goes, the less interested I get because I don't have a side to pick here. I, I like I like when I can can look at, you know, the people in the storyline and go, all right, these are, are the guys with, with the good intentions. These are the guys with the bad intentions. Right. And whether it's, I want to see the bad guy be an evil motherfucker, or I want to see the good guy have his moment of triumph, that's what I sink my teeth into. I have no idea who the fuck I'm supposed to be rooting for in this. Chris, it's, who are you rooting for in this? I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I love Owens, and I love Zayn, and I love them together. But also, AJ Styles is, you know, arguably the best in the world right now. So I love seeing him with the title. Um, Shane, I'm, I'm, I've said this last week. I'm, I'm tired of authority figures just taking over the shows and having the main storylines yeah. be about them. So I'm over Shane. And with Brian, I love Brian, but you know he doesn't want to be there. Um, you know he's dying inside not being able to wrestle, and it seems like this thing is kind of leading toward... It, it seems like they're kind of leading him on the fuck with him. Like, they're leading on this storyline that it could end up being Shane versus Brian, but they know they're not going to clear Brian. And Brian is just... They're kind of turning Brian heel, and I read this as a rumor that they're kind of making him do heelish things to to hurt his market value because they think he's going to jump ship as soon as his uh, as soon as he gets the chance. I have to wonder if how much that would really affect his bottom line. It won't. If, yeah, it no. would but maybe. It's a, a shit bit. move on their part if that's. It's the a reason. shitty move. I tell you, if they really wanted to hurt him, they just hide him. I think exactly. really, if you if exactly. you want, if you want to knock down his market share, he just disappears. Like right Literally now, bury if, him. <laughs> bury him like Neville. What they're doing with Neville essentially the Neville game plan. We're like, okay, you're under contract. We're not even going to fucking bring you up. You're just going to densely be a goddamn ghost. Uh, yes, is this another yeah, well, authority? <laughs> yeah, but they're they're punishing him by holding on to his contract and not releasing well, yeah. him from it. They could yeah. release him and be like, "Hey, we, we future endeavor." I'm like, "No, nah, you sure. walked out on us. We're going to we're going to hurt you with irrelevancy." Yeah. Um, this, yes, it's another instance of okay. Here's another authority figure. Here's another McMahon Helmsley fashion. Here's faction. Here's another. 
a, a raw anonymous GM or whatever you know cavalcade of GMs they've had in the past with Shane McMahon. I am glad they're doing something with Brian, and I am curious what the end game if they're going to form some faction with Owens and Zayn and Brian who. Brian seems like he's leaning more in favor of them, but then backstage, he kind of gives them shit. But then you saw strange uh, interjections of Brian in the tag team division with SmackDown when he yeah. goes and makes the, 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 the match with the Usos and Gable, Gable and, and Benjamin. Where Which should be awesome. Just saying. It, yeah, it's awesome. going to be great. That's going to be great. It's going to be a very good match. But his, did you see the demeanor with which he did it? He did it with a level of smarm and a level of animation that sort of has yeah. recently reminded me of Sami Zayn turning the knob up a little bit from, uh, yeah. you know, poppy excited ska guy to, oh, fuck this annoying yappy <laughs> shithead. This, this fucking flavor flav guy that's dancing around behind Chuck D in Kevin Owens. Uh, he's starting to turn on the dickhead some. He is, I think, like you said, they're going to establish him as some kind of heel. And I almost wonder... If they're doing what they had to do with Matt Hardy for so long, which was have a holding pattern until they're like, all right, can this motherfucker yeah. wrestle or not? Once we get the go ahead, we'll pull the trigger and move forward. We're 99% of the way there, but that loading bar won't pop over to 100. <laughs> We're going to hold into this. We're just going to see what's going to happen. We have two storylines written. Door number A, okay, that's it. He's cleared. Shane and Brian, WrestleMania, we can do it. Door B, we just can't bring ourselves to let him wrestle and he damn near manages Owen and Zayn if not just eventually fades out and leaves the company altogether I feel like they're waiting for something with this they're waiting for clearance or not clearance or whatever because right now it's a lot of spinning of the wheels but I'm glad they're doing something with Brian to give him character development sort of when uh, he lost the title to Sheamus in 8 seconds or was a shitty boyfriend to oh, AJ God. he played a fun heel he did oh, yeah, play he a did. fun dickhead very, show. very well. Yeah, so maybe that's, they're getting that's back where the that. yes came from. He started exactly. doing the yeses to be an obnoxious prick, and yeah. then it got over, and then he became, you know, uh, the babyface wonder that you know, despite everything being thrown against him. So yeah, he certainly can do it. My problem with the thing, aside from the Shane thing, is that Styles and well especially styles and then owens and zane as well are kind of on the back burner to this brian versus shane thing and it's just like you got your fucking champion there who's just slaying it in the ring right now and he's just kind of yeah just being pushed around by you two and it's it's frustrating that there's so much talent there taking a back seat to uh you know authority or managerial bullshit I, I think it does go back to what Justin was saying, this idea of a holding pattern, because it is this holding pattern. Everyone's being held back to a degree. You, you can't have AJ going full tilt with a feud with Owens and Zane or either one of them individually because they're trying to hold out for what they might do with Shane and Brian in it. You can't have Brian be a full-blown dick heel because, hey, maybe he has to be you know, the on-screen GM or whatever for the next however long his contract's for, it it really is reducing what these guys can pull off. And and I maybe the frustration I feel watching is the same frustration that they're feeling creatively and those guys are feeling actually trying to put the show on. But it's hard to watch because there there isn't really anything you can sink your teeth into. When's his contract up? Uh, the end of September. Yeah. 
Hmm. What else is popping off in September? <laughs> That's September 1st, though. Yeah. Yeah. So unless something happened and he got out of it early, he wouldn't be available for the September 1st all-in Bullet Club date. Man, they want to put 10000 in that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. They've got a hell of a following, and I believe they can pull it. Pull it off. Uh, apparently, the venue for the all-in Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Hangman Page, Marty Skrull, and that fucking dork from Arrow are going to be <laughs> doing something in September uh, we don't know the venue yet. They're going to reveal it sometime soon. They're going to reveal ticket prices, location, the whole deal. If they were able to get, if they were able to get Daniel Bryan, that would be a huge boon. And I don't think it's outside of the realm of a possibility to double guns in the air. Fuck you. Pull off a CM Punk appearance. I don't yeah. think a wrestling match. Considering we're probably going to find out in the next month or two when or if he's going to fight again in the UFC. Yeah. They want to give him some low-rent fight night, fight pass, undercard fight where they just can't feature him anymore. But if they don't do that because it's not the WWE, and he's even said before, I'd probably wrestle one more time, not in the WWE, damn near maybe even under a mask. But watch him yeah. like show up in a luchador mask. But it's him completely from the waist down, his trunks, his kick pads, his everything. Never says a word, but they all know it's punk or something like that. I would not be surprised as a fuck you to the establishment of the WWE. He involves himself or is asked to be involved in All In 2018. Because they need opponents. They all need the, yeah, the, the, the elite and the Bullet Club can't all wrestle themselves. You're going to need your Ospreys. You're going to need your Ricochets. You're going to need some, some other folks. Maybe who else could they get from Ring of Honor or from New Japan? They're going to need some opponents that night. And they do need a big, big draw to really push them over into that 10,000. Brian or Punk could be that. Yeah, I think I think a punk. Well, the thing about him him being a surprise thing under the mask wouldn't really work because if you're trying to put ten thousand butts in the seats, you're going to want to promote the CM Punk's. Yeah, you got to let him know ahead of time. Yeah, you're so right. So for that, but I I think he I, like you said, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think it's actually a pretty good possibility because his UFC and MMA career really hasn't taken off the way uh, he had hoped. And you know, I, I'm you know he knows those guys. Um, I you know the young bucks have said a million times and tweeted at him a million times. Hey man, you know we're down to do something um and i think if he wants to scratch that itch uh it would be beneficial to everybody also on the table um would be chris jericho because he's yeah, very not true. under contract for anybody right now it looks like he's going to be doing at least one more match with new japan because he attacked naito at uh the new year's dash show um that'll probably be at long beach is what uh people are guessing yeah um so which is in august or uh, march. no it's early march. march okay so uh, and then he's doing Fozzie and he's doing the 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 um, cruise thing in October, which is real close to September. So you get all those guys together. Jericho will certainly help uh, fill the arena up. What do you think, Marty? I mean, I, I think Punk is is definitely an option. The the rumor and scuttlebutt and hearsay and innuendo says the show's going to be in Chicago anyway. So well, it's go. not like mm. Punk would be hard to get. I honestly would be surprised if Punk gets announced as a meet and greet sort of thing, signing autographs, something along those lines. Maybe he doesn't get announced as appearing in the ring, but by the end of the night, something happens. I mean, there's any number of ways that they could get him on the show and get the draw of him being on the show. I also wouldn't be surprised because I, I feel like they're all tied in. Maybe the, the, the pro wrestling tease guys are involved in this with yeah. being Chicago. 
and sure. I know Punk's very tight with them. I, I think the option's definitely there. Uh, Jericho, I'd be a little more surprised by because it sounds like the reason why he's doing New Japan is because they're paying him serious money for just a few dates. But yeah, uh, I, I'd love to see it. I, I really want to see this show succeed. I, I think that you know, without going off on too much too much of a tangent, to know that there is enough alternative wrestling in the states that it can fill a ten thousand seat arena, yeah, that'd be great for wrestling. Full stop. Whether or not you like the Young Bucks, whether or not you like the the Bullet Club, it'd be really cool to see them pull it off, and I hope they do. Um, I, I just hope they pull it off in such a way where it's repeatable and it's not just like a one-off you know live aid of wrestling where they get all these people together and then that's it well yeah i think i i think the one-off thing you know to prove that they can do it is an accomplishment in, on its own sure but the fact that it won't be televised has a lot going for it because that way you can get um you know obviously nobody from wwe but impact is on the table lucha underground talent yeah. is on the table and then any other indie star pretty much fucking anywhere is on the table and they've you know done enough indie shows and have, have made enough connections within the business to know people and you know maybe not offer them ridiculous paydays but have them uh be a part of something special like yeah. that uh is is i would i would say a, a relatively good selling point and back to the punk real quick if you're going to have punk there and it's going to be in chicago uh why the fuck not bring aj out too um yeah. i can smell a mixed tag match with cody and brandy against punk and aj <sighs> That would uh, be pretty fucking awesome. Jesus Christ. At least two of the four people in that match can fucking go. And the other two are easy to look at. I'll let you two figure out who they are. Uh, now, the origin of this match all came from Meltzer, of all people, saying yeah. that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Ring of Honor couldn't fill a 10,000-seat arena as much as he loves Ring of Honor. Mm -hmm. Ring of Honor is still not to the the size and the presence nationally and internationally right. to fill a 10,000-seat arena. And that's when, you know, Cody and others are like, oh, yeah, watch us. So is this going to be under any type of Ring of Honor branding? Because it was a challenge to Ring of Honor, not the stars of Ring of Honor or star Cody Rhodes or Kenny Omega or the Elite. It was a challenge to Ring of Honor. So is Ring of Honor going to have their logos anywhere at this thing? So far, it hasn't been tied to them. Uh, everything okay. that's been out there is just all in is what they're calling the yeah. show. Uh, if you look at the Twitter account, it's just following the the elite, you know, uh, Bucks, Omega, Skrull, Page, Cody. Uh, nothing has tied Ring of Honor to it, but at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if Ring of Honor is involved. At least uh, it's their ring and their stage setup. Um it would certainly make things easier for the Bucks versus getting everything brand new. But uh, nothing's tied it to, to Ring of Honor or Impact or New Japan or, or any of these companies yet. But, uh, you know, that's a long time between now and September 1st. Is Jerry Jewell still alive? Jerry Jewell? No one remembers Jerry Jewell. Okay, you got Stephen Amell. All right, you could have Omega yeah. taking on... Jericho at this thing. You could have Cody taking on CM Punk mixed tag, War Machine, Bucks. You could have finally I, I'm almost I put money on the fact that it's gonna be Paige versus um uh legalized sleaze. What's his uh, dick? Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan. Oh yeah. But you're gonna have What's a Melvin. Literally. <laughs> or Mel needs to take on another television star. And Jerry Amel needs to be the person 
that takes on. Now, if you're not familiar, uh, Jerry played Blair's cousin in uh, Facts of Life, who had cerebral palsy, and was good for a laugh. And she's lesbian, so she is she is a lesbian with cerebral palsy, who I feel I could take on Arrow. And, and frankly, there's nine thousand your tickets right there. You have a lesbian who's sixty one with cerebral palsy <laughs> taking on a guy that the DC universe will never truly acknowledge in the main films. And you, my friends, you've got you've got you've got your indie mania right there. You've got is Mel your, Carter still alive? Oh, the fucking is Mel? Who's the chick from uh, 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 Deadwood? Who's the whore from Deadwood? Who, by uh, the way, Calamity Jane from Deadwood. She was in Jessica Jones. Jerry Jewell, also in Deadwood as uh, Swearingen's handicapped barmaid. If you remember her, he yeah, just fucking gave her shit. Her. You've never seen my dad fucking laugh until you've seen Al Swearingen <laughs> fuck with a handicapped chick in the early 1800s. And it really brought us pretty close uh, together. Who could Stephen Amell face at this thing? To because uh, he's one of the main features of this. He's in the fucking right. banner ads and everything like that. Okay, here's what I want. All right, now fo- follow me with this. Okay, so this Arrow, better not be some Arrow fan fiction. Jesus Christ. No, no we well, it, yes, but oh, no. no. So I've never seen an episode of Arrow. I, I okay, I'm, okay. I know nothing, but I know they're doing like this team up sort of thing. Like I've seen him walking down with Supergirl and a whole bunch of other shit. Yeah, I want the the Arrow Club or whatever to come out. And face, I can't even say it without laughing. <laughs> the cast of Living Single in a <laughs> tornado tag team match. You get Queen Latifah all in, and I'm buying a fucking ticket to Chicago to see that shit. I am Kevin all Sorbo, in. Kevin Sorbo, special guest referee. Okay, and you oh, have yeah. Martin on a pole. It's a Martin on a pole match. With the cast of Living Single versus the Arrow Club, and oh you're filling that fucking thing. Dude, you could fill two 10,000 arenas with that match. Two, you, you could me? do back-to-back uh, nights I'm for Indie Mania with a bunch of D and C plus level stars. Oh, my God. Oh, that bet. could be shit. That uh, could be funny. I'm just you could get the guy who played uh, Vader's son on Boy Meets World. Uh, the, the uh, Ethan Supley. Yeah, that guy. He was in My Name is Earl and a bunch of Kevin Smith yeah. movies. Yeah. He was Vader's son on uh, Boy Meets World when Vader was on Boy Meets World back in the day. Dig him up. Yes. What's he doing? I'm just you could also have Jerry Jewell Corky from Deadwood who had fucking <laughs> cerebral palsy, which is a come from behind story. <laughs> Put her in a fucking cage. And then have no one come out to wrestle beneath her. And then you just have the Bucks and oh, Skrull man. and Omega and Rhodes just Skype in. They're halfway around the world and they're like, hey, dick shits, we got you guys to buy for 50 bucks a piece. 10,000 of you assholes filling some Chicago arena. And out of nowhere, fucking Vince McMahon just fucking rises from the bottom of the screen like, got you fuckers. And then kills the feed and everyone just feels like an asshole. Because they're watching some old lady uh, with cerebral palsy just fucking shake herself uncontrollably, <laughs> hanging from a cage above a ring in Chicago. God, I want that to happen so bad. That would be that would be hilarious. That would be living some good single shit right shows there. up out of nowhere. Here comes fucking A team, the cast of Mash, whoever's still alive. Okay, 
You got Will Alan Alda takes him. a Meltzer driver. Good lord. Yes. Yes. The 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 the, the, the ghost of B. Arthur yes! fucking yes! shows up. There's only one left. You can get yes. Betty White to show up and take a fucking uh bubble bomb through a table <laughs> a la Mae Young. If Mae Young can do it, Betty fucking White can do it. Oh okay? fuck yeah, you could. Absolutely. Out of nowhere the fucking love boat crashes into the side <laughs> of the goddamn ring. What is that? Is that the General Lee flying over the top of the fucking ring? Yes, it is. Who's doing commentary? The fucking Jeffersons, okay? They're there. Eric Estrada rolls in on his uh, California Highway Patrol bike. Yes, exactly. Dude, they're not doing pay-per-view. They're doing a live radio broadcast on what station? WKRP in Cincinnati. (laughs) They're there. (laughs) The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast featuring one guy whose radio dreams came true and another guy who failed miserably at being a successful broadcaster. Follow us at RoughHouseSGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N seven lowercase C three lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough Pod. House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.